When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey, guys, and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside my brothers, Chris to my right, James to my left, my name is Ryan. We're the official Dallas Stars pod of THPN. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor. Use that promo code THPN. The next time you go and use their services, that lets them know that we are the ones that sent you, and we'd appreciate that. Guys, uh, okay game overall. I, I guess you could say Stars lose in overtime, 4-3 to three, to the Edmonton Oilers on a ticky-tacky call, I would say. Some disagree with me on that. But before we talk about overtime or anything else in this game, what's just like your overarching thoughts on the game today? Oh, it's kind of a weird one. I mean, the Stars played solid d- defense in the first and the third periods, and that kind of shut down the Oilers for the most part. But the Stars also couldn't get anything going in those periods either. So it, it was weird seeing us play defense kind of well, but not get anything offensively in those periods. And then the second period was the exact opposite. We kind of let the game open up, and we had bad defense, but we got some offense going too. So kind of frustrating that we couldn't figure out how to get both going at the same time tonight, in my opinion. Yeah, overall, the individual defensive plays that we were doing and the smart just getting it out of our zone when we knew we were getting forechecked hard, that, that was pretty consistent in the first and the third period and just not not being able to put anything together rush-wise either. I mean, our, our first line, who's normally great at rush chances, couldn't really get anything in those periods either. Okay, so for y'all today, what was the most... Uh, let's talk about a good thing that happened in this game. Because you, this is kind of like a bad... I don't want to say a bad sandwich, just kind of a meh sandwich. The first period was okay. Edmonton was obviously the better team. The second period, the Stars played pretty well, but they allowed goals, obviously. And again, the third period was kind of both teams shutting down uh, defensively and not allowing much when it comes to, I mean, rushes or uh, there were still some, but is, is that fair to take that analysis and kind of agree with that? Or did you see something different? Well, that's what we both said. So yeah, I think we'd agree with that, but <laughs> I don't think it was as much of Edmonton playing defensively. Well, I think it was the stars couldn't get anything going offensively. I mean, th- even in the third period, yeah, not much, offense was happening in either direction but the puck was in our zone the whole time 
we, we didn't have pressure in, in the offensive zone. So we we're playing good defensively with the puck in our end. So that, that was, that's a positive, but the puck wasn't in the Oilers end at all in the third period. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, obviously to begin before the game even starts is the fact that just like I said in the last episode, Nils Lindquist is showing signs of a concussion with some concussion-like symptoms. They haven't diagnosed him with a concussion yet, but I mean, it's pretty safe to say if uh, Pete DeBoer is coming out here and saying that... Well, he's in concussion you know, protocol. He's got some so things. Yeah, he's got a concussion. Okay, so then it's, it's pretty much for sure then, okay? That just really sucks for Nils Lundqvist. So Joel Hanley uh, comes into the lineup tonight. Um, what did you think of his play, any of the defensemen's play tonight? Uh, because that's one thing that I think both of these teams, it's lower on their importance, I guess you could say, because their offenses are great, uh, and we have better goaltending than Edmonton does. But I think we're on par with Edmonton when it comes to uh, defensemen. Yeah, Hanley plays fine when he comes into the lineup and that's, that's what we always say. He comes in ice cold and he plays fine always. And he's never like atrocious or the worst one, but it, it's, it's really like he just kills offense. It's what he does. He touches the puck in the offensive zone and the other team ends up with the puck. Yeah. And there's plenty of signs of that. I mean, there was that one, the third period were finally getting at least a little bit of pressure and, uh, Haley gets hit at the top of the top of the zone. He's got, couple of pass options and he decides to dump it in deep with no one even close to him. So yeah, I agree with that there. It, it was very scary seeing him in, late in the period, uh, getting more shifts than he probably would since Hawk and Paul went out and he finishes the game with only 12 minutes time on ice. I mean, it's obviously not ideal. The stars are really not deep at defense right now. And it looks like we may have lost Hawk and Paul, hopefully not for an extended period of time, but that's scary. We're going to be all left shot defensemen here for, for a couple games if, if we don't get one of them back soon. Yeah, we had to lose both of our right-handed defensemen. Right. This, this really, really, really sucks in, in that point. Uh, I guess the one, we can go ahead and talk about that. The the five-on-three in the, the second period, that was excellent uh, penalty kill. And honestly, guys, when I saw what happened, I, was, I thought for sure they were going to score, and then I thought we were screwed at that point. And, you know, they kind of pulled it out. The The special teams overall for the Stars today were much, much better and on both sides of the puck. Now, I know I understand we gave up a shorthanded goal, but we haven't been doing that very much. And it's, look who's on the other side. I mean, let's be honest, okay? It's, it's crazy offensive guys in the Edmonton side. But I thought the Stars played very well in special teams tonight. Yeah, it was a great special teams game for the Stars, and that's kind of what makes the loss more frustrating. You you capitalized where you needed to. You made that five-on-three kill is a huge play, huge momentum shifter. And at the end of that second period, really, we should be going to the third with the lead there. And it's just giving up that shorty is a huge momentum killer. And when you're playing these big-time games against big-time opponents, like this felt like a playoff game. There's a lot of high intensity out there. Small mistakes like that are going to cost you. And... Uh, I don't want to call out a guy who's been really good, but Rope Hintz, he can skate faster than that on that back check. Yeah, I mean, if is. he's going a two-on-one the other way, he's got a lot more giddy up than that right there. And that just was a very lazy play to me, in my opinion, by all those guys. And he might have been late on a shift. Get off the ice earlier than if you're not going to have well, enough effort to get back like that. And that, yeah. that mistake, it's a one small mistake, and every other part of the special teams was great. When you're playing a team like this, one small mistake like that can cost you. And I think it really did. 
it wasn't just that one play from Hintz either. I mean, it was all night long. He looked very sluggish, I think is the best way to put it. He kind of, when he got the puck, it felt like he forgot how to skate, forgot how to stick handle. And it was it was all throughout the night. Third period, he had a couple of times where he skated in and was able to dump it in deep. But other than that, you saw basically nothing from Rope Hintz. I mean, it looked like he was playing sick with how he was playing. Yeah, and, and we've talked about the stats of how how important it is for Rope Hens to score. When Rope Hens gets a point, we've lost one game in regulation. He is, I mean, if you look at stats, he's the most important guy in this team. I mean, first line center, duh, but the stats show it's even more important than just that. So he's, he's got to find a way to get going, especially in these big time games. He's got to find a way to insert himself and make him make himself make a difference. And it didn't feel like he did tonight. In fact, it kind of felt the opposite on that on that power play. Definitely. So uh, I brought that comment up for those of you that are listening on the audio side. Eden Shadlow, first line looked awful today. Uh, I, I probably would guess that you guys would agree with that. Um, and then I want to pull up this other comment that I thought is kind of weird because that has not been the case lately. Uh, special teams were great, five on five less, so kind of glad to have gotten a point, honestly. So I want to focus in on that first point because it's it, it felt like it's been opposite lately where the – the special teams has really kind of taken a back seat, especially lately. And I mean, we're eight, one and two in our last 11 games now. So the five on five has had to be good and it's been good over the, even especially after the all-star break. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you need to do to get both going, but I, I feel like that that was kind of an issue for the stars tonight. Obviously it was five on five. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about the other night is the stars are good at so many things that are able to just kind of hand it off whenever one thing uh, loses traction. And it feels like that kind of happened tonight. The stars have been good five on five. They didn't really get much of anything going five on five, except for at the end of the first and end of the second. And they make up for it with their special teams, but we got to find a way to get all these things clicking. That's what we mean when we're talking about how the stars haven't really hit a game where they were firing in all cylinders because we're so good at so many things and just hasn't all come together yet. And if we can see that happen before the season ends, this team could be scary, but a game like this shows you can't just have one thing going good. We had special teams. It was great tonight, but you got to have some other kind of pressure. Yeah, and it's, but it's tough here's the important thing. It, it let us down at the most critical point in the game. When, Regardless of how you feel about the penalty, what, however you feel about it, they called the penalty. You have to kill it off at the most critical point of the game. The the thing that you had probably been relying upon a lot in the game failed you. So Makes that's sense. that's three something on three that overtime, and who cares? Yeah, it's, it's that's three on three overtime. Who cares? But, but, but you you back, understand what I'm saying, the, though, right? Back to the five on five point, though, like. We we had a first line who played over 17 minutes tonight together on the ice, and they're all minus two, every single one of them. That is not good enough. That is why you, we yeah. played so poorly. You, you have your best line was your worst line tonight, and the fourth line far and away was better than them. I mean, that wasn't even a question. The fourth line was spectacular tonight. It's two games in a row that that fourth line has been really good for the Dallas Stars. So... uh I would argue they were one of the better lines in that uh, nine to two whooping of the Nashville Predators. They were always in the offensive zone for that game. So uh, let's take a look at some of these other comments that we got going on here. Uh, I think if Dallas doesn't allow that shorthanded goal, they could have won Calvin pick. They could have won. 
Calvin Pickard is an AHL goalie. Top line should have done more. So lots yeah. of people kind of chiming in about the top line. I don't necessarily agree on the fact that he's a AHL goalie. Uh, he's been not, he's I'm not saying he's amount. like, and he's like elite or whatever, but he has been solid enough for them to win games for them. So I don't necessarily, uh, you win that, hockey but, games when your team scores at least four every night. So <laughs> we, I mean, true. you could say the same thing about the stars. <laughs> you could say the same thing about the stars. Typically when we get to four, we win the game. So, I, I don't okay, think Card's, uh, Card's definitely not an AHL goaltender. He's but, played 125 games and has a 900 save percentage. That's I, I think that's a good summary, though. The Stars had one huge mistake with that, allowing the shorthanded goal, and the first line didn't show up. And that's a good sum of this game, I, I feel like. Talek Lizzie, the Razor curse strikes again. Their power play has done nothing. <laughs> uh, well, it did in the very last moment of the game. Uh, Ardell over here saying good defensive effort from the team, all things considered. Otter sucked and the top line sucked. So, and and especially that first, the, the middle part, the Otter sucked. Uh, there's a little bit of discourse in the, the chat, you guys. How did y'all think about how Otter specifically, specifically played tonight? Excuse me. Yeah, I don't, yeah, go ahead, you go ahead, Chris. Oh, okay, oh. I'll go. I'm going. Uh, <laughs> He he looks he he looks shaky. I mean, the past couple of games he's lost his posts a little bit, and that that's a little concerning. The first Bouchard goal, he he was he's a little bit out of position on that. He's trying to come out and face it, but he's a little bit off the net, and that's why it gets sniped top corner. But the the other ones, I'm not sure you can blame on him all that much. It's a very strong. Oilers team, the shorthanded one, he almost got across to, he's not expecting that to get over with Mira Haskinen being back on the two-on-one. Yeah. He's expecting Haskinen to stop the pass and let him just take the shot. And that that didn't end up happening, and he almost saved it anyway. But, I mean, I, I can't really complain all that much. The other one was the tip right in front. What is he supposed to do about that? He's got Corey Perry in his face. Yeah. For me, it's just like, this is another one of those games where it's like, yeah, he didn't, he, nothing was his fault, you would say, but he, he doesn't make the big save either. I mean, that uh, making that and, huge save on the shorthanded goal, that's a game-changing play that, that he can make. Like, Otter makes those saves a lot for us, and when the Stars are at their best, he's making one or two of those a night, and that's when the Stars can really take it to teams like this when he covers our mistakes. So he didn't play bad. He played fine, but he, he's just not covering our mistakes the way that we know he can. Yeah, and what what I will say is this is the first time in five games that he doesn't have a 900 save percentage. So yeah, he, he's been good recently. And he's, he just, he's been great recently. Just he didn't just have didn't have the save tonight. We just needed that one on the shorthanded. If he makes that save, that's huge. I'm glad you said that because that, that like was the whole team. Of... That was the whole team tonight. We just just yeah. almost there. Just got to do it's one not more enough. thing. Just not, not enough. enough yeah, like. we almost beat the Oilers like, without our first line. Yeah, and that's a good positive takeaway, too. Like, the first line was not good at all. I got a question here real quick. Why do you not shake up the lines when the first line is doing that poorly? Yeah. I mean, I, I know I the Johnson know why we... the, the Bindelandra line was looking good, but I think it's more important to try and get Robo and Hintz in the game and throw Johnson in the center slot there. Hey, guys, it's Ryan here. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 
five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Here's some odds for you for the Rocket Richard Trophy, which is the regular season top goal scorer. Obviously, right now, Austin Matthew leads the way. He's got a minus 330 in the odds. But you can also take a look at Sam Reinhardt of the Florida Panthers with a plus 650, David Posternock of the Boston Bruins with a plus 1,000, or maybe you can even go for Nikita Kucherov at a plus 2,500. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Well, the confusing thing to me is how much they got played that first line, considering that they didn't have a good game. And we saw, especially that second line, the second line is you know starting to heat up again, even more so. Uh, and then the third line, fourth lines were pretty good too. So maybe that's why he didn't mess with it. Maybe he thought this is a big game. It's a close game. It's against an, a really good cup contending team. Maybe he just wanted just to see what they could do and see if they could push through it. And obviously today they didn't. But maybe this could be looked at as just a lesson learned for today moving forward, especially for the playoffs. The the most frustrating call from tonight, I guess you could call it, for for DeBoer, was putting the first unit out on that for third power play. Because the second unit scored both the previous two, and they they deserve to start that power play every single time. Yep, agree. Go with the hot hand. Go with the hot hand. And uh, he didn't. Um, I forgot who it was. Uh, someone said that Ben has been looking really slow lately, and I think it might have even been Ardell who suggested maybe they need to throw Duchesne on the top line and uh, move Ben down to the second. I understand the thinking in that, but you want some balanced you know, scoring from both of these groups. So if one group is not able to do it, a.k.a. basically the first line on that top group, then that second line is scoring goals for you. So I, I don't necessarily know that if Duchesne was on the top, the top, you know, power play unit, if those goals had gotten scored, I don't necessarily think they would have been. Yeah, I think with the second units doing that well, you keep it going. And the first unit's been doing good other than tonight, I feel like. So I, I don't think you want to do that unless unless both lines start cooling off. Then then yeah, make that change like we did a little bit earlier in the season. But overall, I wish DeBoer kind of inserted himself a little bit more into this game. I feel like there's there's some more he could he could have done tonight. And it's also well, the- tough in the third period to get going when you only really have four and a half defensemen left. That's true too. because. Hanley took a lot in that third period and 
he would have had even less time on ice had uh talk and paw been able to finish the night out yep so uh we'll talk about that here in a second because that could be very very rough for the stars but let's talk about the second line for a second duchene saved this team today with that response goal ardell uh, talking about the last goal there in the second period after they uh, Edmonton Oilers had scored a shorty on the rush. And then also Marchment was good again today. He's tied his career high for goals. We ha- we now have two guys who have 20 goals, and both Marchment and I think uh, Johnston are really close to getting there as well. So we could have, you know, 420 goal scorers by the end of next week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, Duchesne, Marchment, Sagan, how did they look tonight to you? Yeah, they're great as always. That, that's kind of our clutch line is what it feels like. Like, Duchesne it really knows how to make it make a difference when it matters. Yeah, I, okay. they, they just keep rolling no matter, especially on the power play recently. I mean, Duchesne has just found a way to make it work on the power play multiple times. Probably like three of the last five power play goals are from him. Yep. What did y'all think of the refing tonight, the officiating? Because... It, uh, James just rolled his eyes for those of you who are listening on the audio side. <laughs> you had to know this was coming up because, I mean, Suter was stupid. Let's just say that right there. Suter, that was a dumb penalty to take. I thought it was a penalty uh, to put the Oilers up five on three. It but the one I really, huh? It might have saved the goal. He was wide open in front of the net. So, okay, that's fair. But the the one I really want to talk about is the Wyatt Johnston call. I I, I didn't I, I didn't really see much to be honest with you. And the thing that's frustrating, and it kind of hacks me off, is that you just get these players who are the elite players in the NHL, and you get maybe something that is not even close to a call, or maybe just just a smidgen close, and they call it. Whether that's Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and it gets extremely, extremely frustrating to watch some of these things because I didn't think that was a penalty. Maybe he got the the the. It didn't even touch his hands. He got the stick in, in between the hands on it on a Dreisaitl stick, and then below both of his hands. He didn't even touch his hands. So I, mean, I, I don't the, know the, what the tip the of his was. stick. The tip of his stick grazed the outside of Leon Dreisaitl's hand and they called it, but that, that's not even the biggest problem with tonight. I mean, you, the, the Ryan Suter slew foot, whatever you want to call it. Okay. If they're going to call slew foot, let's call it for the rest of the game. Right. Du Duchesne has the exact same thing happen to him in the third period late in the game. And they don't call it. They just let it go. I mean, they're, they didn't call it both ways because it's, different teams i don't know whatever and the the worst one was the too many men call i mean they called it because duchene got on a little early before lindell got off duchene wasn't even in the offensive zone before lindell got off yeah and they still called it that was that was a nothing call literally nothing was happening and we had pressure in their zone and they call it that was nothing that one was bad. I'm going to disagree with y'all on the Johnston one. I thought that was a hook. Um, I, I saw him get the hands twice. It it was light. He te- he both of them were not firm. It wasn't for like how he the third, him. For how the third was called, it should have been let go. 
is part of my issue because they were letting everything go in the third. Lots of trips, lots of hooks, lots of cross checks, all late in the third, and then they're gonna call that in in it, overtime. If a it was light, anywhere, light hook. If it was anywhere else on the ice, I'd agree with you, James. He was free and clear in the slot. He beat everybody, and that that took a scoring chance. So yes, it's a lighter play, but where it happens on the ice, and yes, who it happens to matters as well that's going to be a penalty every time. I think that's a penalty. I think that might be a play that Johnson has to do too. I, I don't really blame Johnson for that as well. I mean, maybe being out of position. Yeah. But for me, that's a hook. If that happened to do Shane, when we were down in their zone, I'd be screaming for a call. So. But, the, they, but my that, point. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. But my main point was, if 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 you have Roddick Foxa in in the slot on in overtime in that same exact spot, it would never happen. Let's be honest. But if he was in the same spot as Drysital, I doubt would it would not, be called. Would not get called. Exactly, that's my point, and that's what I'm frustrated about is that I, I it it shouldn't matter if you have a superstar like that. Yes, I understand he's a great player. He is. He absolutely is. Don't, that should not be a game defining call. Now, on the flip side of that, the stars should kill it up. Kill it off. Excuse me. That's something they should have taken care of. And then it's, they it's might have given themselves a chance to win. It's also tough when Hawkenpah Hawkenpah's yeah. taking out too. That's the other problem. Yeah. Tough to expect to kill that one, but re really you shouldn't go to overtime against this team. I mean, if there's any team you don't want to go to three on three overtime with, it's the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, what was that uh, text that Zach sent us? Regular season overtime versus those guys is a death sentence. Knew it was as soon as it happened. <laughs> I had that same feeling. Because <laughs> yep. I saw Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and then Evan Bouchard, who had scored a goal had previously. A in the good game. game, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, lots of things there to uh, that we talked about. Uh, before we move on and before we start wrapping this stuff up, if you'd like to uh, call into the show, we're going to try this. This is the first time we've done this in a while. Uh, the phone number is at the bottom of the screen. It's 214-810-1740. And uh, if you'd like to talk to us or give us your thoughts on the game really quick before we wrap it up, we might take uh, one or two calls after we do our biggest winners and biggest losers. But before we get there, is there anything else that we need to mention you guys? Nope. Okay. All right, so let's do our biggest winner, biggest loser uh, for the afternoon. Uh, James, who have you got? Uh, biggest winner, I'm going to give to Thomas Harley. He had a much better game today. More importantly, he got on the scorecard. He still is making stupid, bad turnovers, but when you get on the scorecard twice and it was impactful both times, it's you can overshadow your defensive miscues. Uh, I'm getting mine to do Shane three point night on a game where we score three goals. The, the dude is insane. He is probably the, the most consistent offensive power we have right now on this team. And he, he right now on the pace he's going, he's going to lead the team by the end of the season. I'm going to give mine to Mason Marchment. He's close to eclipsing his, uh, or maybe he already has eclipsed his uh, career high when it comes to goals. He looked excellent again tonight. He's he's been very consistent uh, lately, especially, and uh, he just continues to be excellent on that line with uh, Duchesne and Sagan. So I'll give him my biggest winner. Uh, my biggest loser, um, and I'll just I'll take it. Y'all can probably add to it. The it's the obvious thing. It's the top line tonight, which is weird. I don't think I've ever 
said that about the top line, whether it's Pavelski on it or Johnston on it. Uh, they just did not play well tonight. All three of the guys end with a minus two, I believe. All three guys. And no points. And between them, I think there was one shot. Or did they have... No, I'm looking at the wrong, at the wrong uh, stat. Excuse me. Uh, they had lots of shots, just nothing went in the back of the net for them. And uh, they cost their team defensively. So... Yeah, I'm giving mine to Rope specifically. It, it's tough to to say. Look, look at our number one center, one of the best two way centers in the league. And then on national television, he doesn't back check hard enough on on the power play. I mean, that that play specifically, I just feel like that was pretty lazy. Yeah, it's it's tough to win a game against a good opponent when your first line lets you down as hard as they did tonight. And the, the team really tried to cover for them. They tried extremely hard to cover for the first line tonight. They just, they they couldn't do it. And we we might see Johnson back up on that line here in the next game, just because they didn't look good in the in the Preds game either. I mean, in a game where we scored nine goals, they still looked kind of like our weakest line. Okay, uh, there's lots of other things we can talk about. Uh, but there's one question they can't wait until tomorrow because it looks like Hawk and Paw is probably going to be out. So let's just ask this question. Who are, They're going to have to call somebody up. And there's a couple of options down in the AHL for the Texas Stars. You've got uh, the younger brother of... Uh, oh my goodness, I cannot believe his name escaped me. Cairo. So, thank you, Christian Cairo. Hey. And, yep, Christian Cairo, who is down there, I don't think it's him. I think it's going to be between one of two guys. I think it's going to be between Derek Pouillot or it's going to be uh, Alexander Petrovic. So one of those two guys I think is going to get called up. Do y'all see a, a specific you know, desire from one of those two guys to be called up, or do you just not really care at this point? I think it's going to be Pouillot just because he has a little bit more experience, but I think you should still be worried about it. Uh, it's not going to be better than Hanley, so you're going to have it's, a really tough third pair at the bottom there. It's actually, I think, more likely to be Petrovic because he's right-handed. But Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we lost both right-handed, very... so... Okay, that's a very good point. And uh, uh, Joe Mama... Bayreuther is out, right? I, I would think he would be my choice, honestly, if you call him up. Choice, but, yeah. but I, I think he is still hurt. I think he's still out, which really sucks because I would love to see him again. It's been so long that since was, he's been in the Dallas Star uniform. That was the whole point so, in signing him, and it just sucks that he's hurt when we finally need him. Well, we were going to have to go through some veer issues with... Uh, Well, that's awkward. That is awkward. Well, uh, I can't close the show either. So we're going to have to find something else. Show. I'm not on the thing. I'm on. I'm on. The, Why I'm on aren't you on the one. thing? This is that all is your rough. fault. Uh, Why'd you break Ryan's internet? I guess we've got to find something else to talk about. The next two <laughs> games are going to be rough, James. We're playing uh, Boston on so Monday, good. Rangers on Tuesday. That's going to be difficult. Yeah, I'm. What I'm really hoping for out of those two games is that we can beat Boston because they've been on a downswing recently. They, they've had struggles, and they've had struggles at home, too. They just lost to the Kings in overtime when they were winning for a three late. So I'm I'm hoping that we can pull one off against the Bruins, and then m maybe we can squeak something out 
against the Rangers. We beat them once already this year, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to figure something out. And it's going to be really tough if we're only if we're playing four defensemen uh, as aggressively as we did tonight. That's mm-hmm. We're going to have four guys at like 24 minutes and two guys yeah. at 10, maybe. Miro and, had like 27 minutes of ice time tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's... Which is I mean, crazy, and he's going to have to keep doing it. We don't have a choice anymore with Hawk and Paw going down. Yeah, right now there's really no choice. Um, oh. The only other thing you could hope for is maybe Lundqvist comes back from early from the concussion, but I don't really want that to happen just to make sure that he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ryan's back. Welcome so. back, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Use DraftKings THPN thing. Uh, check out our website, sarcasticremarks.com. We're going to have a couple back-to-back podcasts here for you on Bond Day Tuesday, so check us back out on that. And uh, anything else, Ryan? Got some interesting news to talk about uh, tomorrow night after the game as well. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up. Tomorrow night or Monday night? Tomorrow night, I believe. There is no hockey tomorrow. Well, uh, I think think the, the announcement's going to be made, I think. So, but watch out well, for well, the well, announcement, whatever that entails from, <laughs> from the NHL, from the NHL the announcement. Okay. All right. Alongside Chris, alongside James, my name is Ryan with my internet back. <laughs> we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow night. See y'all later. <laughs>